But the bottom line is, is we're just playing within the system that's built for us. Uh, but recognizing that the system is fooling some of some of us, right, with the social contract about you know duty, loyalty, and here here's the here's the promise at the end of it, the 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 golden pot of you know the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But there is no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It's just another number. It just discards you like an old machinery. Welcome back to the Career Therapy Podcast, where we explore the hidden side of modern work, help you turn procrastination into job search motivation, and teach you how to stress less, earn more, and change careers with confidence. My name is Martin McGovern, founder and lead coach at Career Therapy, and I'm excited to introduce our guest today. Please welcome Isaac Price, not his real name, to the podcast. Isaac, whose identity will be kept anonymous, for reasons that you'll soon find out, is the founder of Overemployed.com, a website dedicated to helping people 2X their income by secretly working two remote full-time jobs at the same time. He has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, BBC News, and other publications, and I came across Isaac's work through Joshua Fluke, a YouTuber who, among other things, critiques corporate cringe and made an amazing video reacting to Fox News' coverage of Isaac's work. So definitely go check out Josh Fluke as well. Today we talk about the upsides of working two jobs at the same time, why it's important to prioritize your life over your work, and the importance of taking ownership in our careers. Thank you for tuning in and supporting the show. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes to please the algorithm gods and share this conversation with more seekers like you. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy our conversation with Isaac. Today's episode is brought to you by HireEct.us, a free app that lets hiring teams and candidates instantly chat about incredible job opportunities. If you're a hiring manager, CEO, or recruiter, download the HireEct app to see a curated list of talented individuals and accelerate your hiring process 10 times faster than traditional ways. And if you're a job seeker, join the platform to start talking to decision makers at startups who are ready to hire. Businesses grow faster when everyone is communicating seamlessly. Download HireEct.us, that's H-I-R-E-C-T dot U-S today. Isaac, thanks for joining us today. I'm really excited to chat with you about overemployed and what it's like to uh, run a life where you're working two full-time jobs and trying to make that extra cash. Uh, how are things going on your end with building your your empire? <laughs> Martin, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, um, the empire building is going great. Um, I think... Uh, I think we're getting a lot of adoption and the message out there and, and people getting their mind blown and they're coming onto Reddit and they're coming onto our Discord. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, at the same time, I think, you know, some people, you know, might be overdoing a little bit. I don't know. Some people going uh, third job, fourth job, fifth job. I'm a little concerned on the mental health for them. So, uh, so you know, it's uh, pros and cons, right, uh, of the idea and, and how people take it up. Yeah. Anytime there's a a unique idea out there, some people are like extreme sports. Uh, They want to take it to the extreme. Right. So, um, well, I came across your stuff and we we did a podcast before, but um, due to the anonymous nature of what you do, uh, this is why there's a voice changer and everything here. And this is not your real name. Uh, we, we did have to pull that episode. So I, I appreciate you coming back to re-record and uh, give it another shot. And hopefully we got all the pieces in place here to keep you, uh, keep you safe and anonymous. Um, but there's, there's this whole sort of um, world out there, this like contentious battle that we're seeing between employers and employees. And I think we're seeing this with the great resignation. I think we're seeing it with a lot of the remote work, hybrid work conversations that are out there. And a lot of people are just trying to figure out like, well, what does work actually mean to me? And a lot of employers are trying to figure out, well, how do we retain people in a world that's always changing? So I think you kind of bring a unique perspective into that mix. Uh, And I'm just, you know, I came across your stuff through Josh Fluke, who's a YouTuber who makes some really great videos. He was talking about 
um, your website getting featured, I think on Fox, or I think Fox wasn't saying very nice things about you. I don't know. Um, but I'm just kind of curious, how has this whole journey been for you of like, coming up with the idea of overemployed? Um, and then building this sort of brand around it, like what's been your experience of doing it yourself? And then how did that shape what you've been building? You know, the experience has been, you know, unbelievable, you know, uh, what started this, um, something that I think a lot of people were thinking in their heads anyways, uh, at least, you know, according to Google, a lot of people were searching for it, uh, in various different terms and, and those all over, you know, different places that you suspected would be on Reddit, Quora, um, et cetera. But, um, I, I, I'll, I'll be lying to you if I said I anticipated the uh, it's spread this far, uh, or it's enthusiasm, uh, which I'm very pleasantly surprised and, and happy, um, and take a lot of fulfillment from it because a lot of people come to me and thank me for, you know, there, there are others, there's a couple of buckets of people. One is I've been doing this for a long time by myself. Thanks for creating this community. I'm no longer alone and I don't feel alone. I don't feel weird. I don't feel like I have to keep it all bottled up to myself, right? because uh, this is not a thing you would share with anybody um, about it. And then I think the second bucket, of course, uh, is more the, the younger millennials or even uh, you know, the next generation kind of coming on and, and there's heavy student debt. They've just been caught in two down cycle, back to back, if you will, and then dramatic events. And then they're like, I'm mine and they're 23, 24, and just asking, oh, what skill do I need to be able to do this uh, uh, type of crowd? And, and to be honest, the, the community will, I mean, that, that's un, 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 both, both these buckets were the unintended, I guess, community, because when I started out, the idea was building something for myself. You know, if I'm looking for the, the, the sort of information other people might be, so let's just make a central depository and, and kind of their coder kind of mindset about, you know, the contributing to an open source type of community. And so it was built for really experienced um, workers, which, you know, in the great resignation is in lacking of and, and the ones that get command the most pay right now. And also, you know, people that have been working for a while, right? And, and are a little jaded by what they have seen and how they've been treated. So yeah, that, that's that's the short journey of it. And it's been fantastic. Uh, really been well supported by a lot of community members, a lot of really intelligent people uh, on our Discord community, uh, especially on the private you know side uh, where they uh, pay members to kind of filter out a little bit of the noise. Um, and it's been going great. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and especially that jaded piece, because that's what I'm seeing a lot in my coaching practice is this, this idea that people join companies, you know, there's, there's sort of two mindsets. I'm going to be an entrepreneur or I'm going to work for a company. I'm going to do the nine to five. I'm going to do my own thing. And one of the reasons that people go for the nine to five is for that security, is for that support, is for that mentoring and training and all those things that companies promise. But what we're finding is that companies don't always live up to their promises, right? One of the things that I talk to people about all the time is like, you need to sell yourself and talk about yourself and like communicate yourself to the company the same way the company communicates and talks to you. So we see this in various ways, right? We'll see this in like a company promising you that your role will look a certain way. And then you get there and it looks totally different or they just change it on you, right? Companies giving out offers and then rescinding them because budgets change or the pandemic happened or any number of things. Or you know, sort of extreme situations where a company is literally having a conversation with you at your uh, six month review saying you're going to have all this growth opportunity and all these great things happening in the next year. And then three weeks later, your whole team gets laid off or the whole company goes under. And you're like, well, wh what is the, di the dissonance here, right? This is kind of crazy. And there's a lot of sort of jaded feelings going around where people are like, how do I protect myself? Not just financially, but how do I protect my mental health? How do I protect the future of my career? There's so much that goes into this stuff. And I think that's where you're sort of coming in and providing some additional perspectives and additional options that people don't always think about. So I'm curious, when it comes to overemployed, how would you describe it in your own words? Just, I, I know I gave a little brief intro there, but um, if you were to just sit down and explain to one of your new community members who's thinking about joining, uh, how would you explain it to them? Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, overemployed is just a 
very practical self-help type of community. You know, uh, I think we call it ourselves as a, as a guild in, in honor of, you know, 17th century craftsmen, you know, and, and many of us are craftsmen uh, in, in making our stuff, right? Our wear, because to be honest, uh, I drank the Kool-Aid on, on Seth Godin's book, you know, uh, on, on business marketing and the Icarus deception, because you're in the business of marketing. You're in the business of running your own family, Inc. Uh, because you touch on several points. You can go for broke and be an entrepreneur. That's super high risk. I don't know from a financial standpoint or a risk adjusted standpoint, if that's worth it or not. Um, I definitely have my doubts, and especially given our core audience of basically family, experienced workers, uh, our starting family or have family or, or have kids at home, that you know, that might not be a risk that's worth taking. And then the other side of it is, oh, let me dedicate myself to this one job, climb the corporate ladder. Um, that's super high risk as well. You think it's safe. You've been fooled into thinking it's safe, but it's really not safe. Nope, <laughs> not safe at all. <laughs> exactly. Business plans change. Market is super dynamic, more dynamic than it was 20 years or 30 years ago. There, there's no more that social contract. In fact, our, our laws haven't caught up to the times, I would say, uh, our labor laws. That um, you're just being, you know, you're just input outputs, you know, uh, and your bosses too. And everyone's lying, you know, everyone's playing liars poker with each other. Um, so you should just watch out for your family by diversifying your cash flows, you know. I, and and Owen Play takes a very kind of business principle approach to it because um, and it's it's birthed by free market ideas, right? Just like anything, you know. The nice thing about capitalism is free flow ideas, and and just treating your own employment as cash flows. And don't be enamored by any love of the job and what they say you'll be doing. Just be enamored by what you'll be learning and what skill will, you know, will you be adding to your toolkit for the next iteration, the next job, and the next job. Uh, and make yourself into an a indispensable kind of um, uh, linchpin, right? Then you will always have jobs. You always have many jobs and many contracts. So nothing to worry about. Yeah. And this is a mindset that contractors have had for years, right? And it's one of those things that when I went from being, you know, nine to five to being a contractor, it was one of the things that I appreciated the most is this idea that like the companies, and, and it's a little different than what overemployed is because you're you're kind of doing this uh, behind the scenes a little bit. But uh, when I became a contractor, one of the best parts was I told each company that I was working with, and there were times I was working with up to five different companies, right? And I would say, I have other clients. So these are the hours I can work. This is how much time I can put in. And, uh, and you know, sometimes I'd work short weeks. Sometimes I'd work insane weeks. I'd work like 80, 90 hour weeks. Um, when I was much younger, could do it. <laughs> but there were these like, these this sort of understanding that I'm a business and you're a business and businesses respect each other. But companies don't seem to respect employees. Uh, at, you know, at, on average, it's almost like they respect other business owners and other uh, like B2B respects these themselves. But like when it comes to them and their employees, it almost seems like there's this sort of up there's there's this promise of family, this promise of um, we're in it together. We want you to grow. And what ends up happening is it sort of it pulls like a fast one on people, right? I'm, I've worked with a few people who have hit a point in their life. Maybe they're in their forties, maybe they're in their fifties. They really dedicated themselves to their career early on. They spent so much time and so much effort putting a lot of other things to the side, you know, maybe traveling the world, um, which made it hard to maintain friendships or relationships, um, maybe putting even their finances to the side in order to do something that was like meaningful to them because they really wanted to do a certain skill or something like that. And they just sacrifice all these things in order to get to a point. And then they get there and a round of layoffs happens or they get there and the company goes under and they're left with nothing, right? They're sort of promised this you know, it's almost like we wish that you could get golden handcuffs these days, um, which I'm sure that's still out there. But like there's I, I've seen this unfortunate thing that's been happening where, you know, the rug gets pulled out from under people and then they t they finally have a minute to pause and they finally have a minute to reflect on things. And they realize like, oh, wait a second. Life is different now. I have different priorities. 
I have different goals. I'm a different person than I was in my early twenties, but I don't have that thing that I thought I was building towards. Right. Um, you know, if you, I'm going to go on a rant there. So I'll pause. I'm curious when, when you're talking to folks, what are some of the things that, what are some of the mindset shifts that you're seeing of how people are viewing what a job is and what, what place it should have in our life? Right. Because we're saying, get away from the enamorment. Right. So what, what is the sort of new mindset that people should have about the role that work plays in their life versus the kind of like social media, find your passion and dedicate your whole life to something, right? What, what is the new way of thinking about work in your mind? Yeah, I think, I think um, several things um, you touch on a good point. I think one is just think about like from a structural financial world perspective, right? Um, you know, employees are treated like cogs, you know, there's this cost of good soul. Um, you hire them, you have a budget each year. It's an in-between the line problem. You set a budget. Uh, oh, you got to lay some people off to make that budget. You do that. You know, uh, you got to change some department, reorg some stuff. You do that. It's running a business. That's why you're getting treated like a, like an input to the business, right? Not another business that is running, you know, cause that bucket of expense come from another, another bucket and they're dealing with another business. And then, and maybe it's a little bit more variable there. Uh, or, or you're serving some kind of critical function there as a contractor, right? But really, our, our community is really mixed. People are really just very practical about it. Hey, W-2 makes sense. If it's higher wage, you take that. You know, I got better benefits. If W, you know, 1099 contractor makes sense, you take that. It doesn't matter. But the bottom line is we're just playing within the system that's built for us. Uh, but recognizing that the system is fooling some of, some of us, right, with the social contract about, you know, do duty, loyalty, and here, here's the here's the promise at the end of it, the 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 golden pot of you know the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But there is no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You just in the number, it just discard you like an old machinery that they would do because your input, uh, just like an old machinery is an input to a, a you know a, a factory uh, at the end of your life, and then you have this whole identity tied in this company and this job you were doing. And that's what that's the that's the hollow out part, right? That people suffer the most. Not financially. I mean, they don't, don't have a lot of pensions anymore. I mean, you might have a nice stuff stuff four hundred one k and some stocks from the company, whatever. And hopefully, they don't get belly up like Enron. Uh, and then you still have something. But it's just the that that breaking of that social contract. You you get expect nothing. You should expect nothing, and you get you will get nothing at the end of that social contract. Because today, uh, job switching. I mean, you should job switching because there's inflation and you, you know, you're a cog again, they're budgeted. You're not going to get more than 3%, 5%, maybe 10%. So some, you know, cost of living adjustments or you get promoted, but you're never going to get a hundred percent. You could go out and look for a second job uh, or, or, you know, or mix in with a couple other smaller part-time contract. I mean, you know, look, we can work a lot of hours. Humans are incredibly adaptable. We have 168 hours a week and we just need, you know, what, 56 of it to sleep, maybe two, two more hours, you know, enough 14 more uh, to, to shower and we want to keep operating. Like, but you know, that's burning pretty hard, like you alluded to earlier. But the nice thing is I'm writing a piece on, on taking a mini retirement, your sabbatical. If you're working two or three income for two, three years, yeah, you can take a year off and just do whatever you want. If you save up and you're diligently saving up your money and creating a budget for it, right? Again, just operating yourself like a family business. Uh, like any business using that because uh, you're competing with other business out there and, and they're just using you. If, if you, like you said, your, your clients are forties and fifties that were just been fooled into this uh, facade of work. Let's just put it that way. Uh, and, and they've been, you know, ostriches with their head in the sand and didn't look up. Yeah. It's going to go right by you because uh, we're going into the metaverse. We're going to virtual work. Um, everyone have multiple different identity work with multiple employers. The laws just haven't caught up. And the mental model hasn't changed. Yeah, I think that's so true. And it it is it is changing, right? Like I I'm my initial reaction to the metaverse was like, oh, this is terrible. But then I look at my actual life and I sit in an apartment on Zoom almost the whole day. And I'm basically in the metaverse. The only difference is that you can see my actual face, but even on this call, <laughs> we got anonymous, right? So like there's so much interesting change happening in the world. And I think that, you know, thinking of our careers as 
you know, income streams, as diversifying our income streams, as finding ways to, you know, work within this kind of screwed up system is the only way to think about it, right? Because otherwise we're at the behest of others, right? We are constantly just responding to what's happening around us. And to your point, you know, there is no security anymore. There is no point where, you know, uh, you know, one of the hardest things that I, that I see out there is the higher up you get in a company, if you're ever laid off, the harder it is to get a job. Um, almost everyone that I talk to in my coaching practice starts by saying, I guess I'll take a pay cut to get back into the workforce. That's the starting point. That's the starting mindset. And it's kind of unfortunate because, you know, looking at the flip side here, you've got people going, I'm going to double my income. I'm going to double my income by being overemployed, by having two jobs at once. And so I want to dig a little bit into the practical side of it, because I like that you're saying that, you know, your community is so practical and so just kind of uh, even tempered in a way about these things. It's, it's not about F the company at the end of the day. It's not about trying to pull a fast one. It's about trying to protect yourself, protect your finances, protect your mental health. And one of the big things that helped me as a contractor, because I have high anxiety, is like, as soon as I started working for multiple clients, it made me feel, and, and everyone, it was, for me, it was just kind of one of those things where it's like, oh, I know that I'm not 100% reliant on any one of these things. So it helped me relax a little bit. I could actually do my side projects without feeling guilty about it because companies will use this social contract. They'll use guilt. They'll use shame. They'll use um, what your coworkers are doing. I remember I didn't want to go to happy hours when I was in advertising because I wanted to go home and work on my side project and I would get guilted about that. So there's all these social pressures that kind of keep us stuck. And, you know, even since the last time you and I chatted, like, the world has gone even more remote, even more meta, right? And so um, as you're thinking about the practical side of things in your community, how does someone start taking these steps? Because a lot of people have a hard time even getting one job. So what are the things that you can do to be able to not only get two jobs, but maintain two jobs? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I do get a lot of that. And hence why I wrote a little simple piece called you know, how to break into tech in your 30s or whatever, or 40s, because um, I've done it. So I think one thing I would say, not to get so like, if I've done it, you can do it too, uh, is it's actually old employees breaking on very American virtues and values. You know, you want to sit back in time through the Great Depression or even beyond then, right, through Henry Thoreau or the self-help, self-reliant, uh, you know, the rugged West, uh, go and explore and be unafraid. And, and really is... Um, Maybe it's a cultural or generational shift. Uh, I do hear a lot of whining out there. How can I do it? I want to do it fast. It's not a get rich scheme. We've been working at this for a while and, and this is like my third act in my career or whatever. And, and tech wasn't my, my first start either. You know, from investment banking and then before then uh, in public service as well. So, um, you know, to that, I would just say, hey, just look practically, join our community. Many people want to help you there, by the way. It's an incredible community of like, I guess, like I said, it's just like the developer mindset about open source and open contribution and giving back and, and pulling our other fellow human beings up into this great lifestyle. I mean, I mean, that comes to it, which I think we'll talk about it in a little bit. Um, but I think the pros completely outweigh the cons. And if you want to do it, then you just really have to get smart and come up with a game plan. Just like anybody else, you know, Rome is not built overnight. Uh, whether it's code, you got to figure out yourself what, what, Tech is such a vast space and so many things to do. You don't have to be a coder. That's one thing. I know, I know that's like kind of like the super persona of the community. But even if you do, you don't have to be like a code, like actually do code. You can be a system admin, you can help desk, start somewhere that touches some IT system and you kind of start learning on the job. Don't learn out of your own dime. That's my another thing is I'm not a believer in all this paid school. And maybe a bootcamp is helpful. It was paid for or some other program to help, you know, a certain group of, uh, individuals who break into tech that's many of them out there you know go search for them look for them uh we're, we're working on partnering uh with certain you know um companies that, that do help you get started and, and, and at the end of the day you just gotta get a job that, that touches something in tech uh whether it's like finance accounting it doesn't matter i mean that that's of course you, you go into tech in those functions right uh 
And why we push tech so much is it's just the, you know, as to do with your family Inc., your PL. You get stock, you get equity up front, uh, you get bonuses, you get nice perk, and all these equipment sent to you at home. You don't have to work with crappy laptops. Um, what do you get? What else do you need? Oh, you get reimbursed for your cell phone. This is, this is nice, you know? This is, this is more modern thinking. And, and basically, by the way, employers don't do that out of generosity, they do that out of practicality. Again, it's a running a business. One coder or individual knowledge worker has such high leverage that it makes them millions of dollars. The, the knowledge you bring in, the work that, that the impact that you have. So I think, um, you know, circle back, right, to get started. There's many different programs out there, uh, many different angles to break in. Uh, I think one of it that we're super excited about that I'm thinking through right now is an apprenticeship model. So we have many overemployed that's look, can I get some help? Uh, they'll get a virtual assistant. I mean, they're great at scheduling meetings and other things, but can they go, can they do more? You know, if you can, you can do the simple things, right? And this, it's a foundation, right? This build out. You can manage time correctly for someone else. You know, hypothetically, if you manage time good for yourself and your calendar. Okay, well, now let's step it up to level two. Now, can you uh, write some stuff? Like just write like, you know, documentation for me because I need to document this stuff and this system design. Now you kind of reverse engineer, you reverse learning by helping this other person. It's kind of like an apprenticeship to the master craftsman. So I, I, we're, we're trying to think of that way where it's super practical. Uh, and then, and then you know, and then all of us in the community, of course, will try to get your jobs uh, the best we can. And, and we've been starting a, a kind of a IT consulting agency and our pilot uh, to kick off so that basically we're like a group of contractors kind of like hollywood movie production come yeah. to a movie and then we disband after that right you're an expert sound person come on this you know here's here's this posting of five gigs out there which one who wants to join who signs up first uh and then we'll, we'll see like okay well uh, we like working with you know yeah and then people just come together and, and, and do their project i think that's the future of this whole virtual work you know multi-talented Here's your time, 168 hours, how you want to spend it. You prioritize it for yourself and, and where you have the highest level of contribution, where you make the most money and the most efficient way you make money, uh, entirely up to you. And it's almost like it's your own self-configured work and life world. Right. And, and that's the thing. Like, this is not a new idea. This is an old idea, right? Like, when my family, you know, came to America, you know, working multiple jobs, was the norm, right? You go to one job and then you do a night shift in another job, right? When we're in college, we're doing multiple jobs. We're going to school, then we're going to our after school job, then we're going to the late night job, right? Like, I don't know where we got sold on this, like, dedicate your life to a single company BS because these companies at the end of the day, I, I, I keep saying this to people because they, everyone wants to work in Fang or Mang, I guess now, because it's meta. But it's like everyone wants to have this big name on their th thing and like get the free coffee at the office and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, I'll go from one call with a person who would do anything to work at Google straight to another call with a person who will do anything to get out of their job at Google. And so we got to take these companies off of their pedestals a little bit. And we need to really start to realize that companies are just people people running around with their hair on fire trying to solve problems. And our job is to solve problems, not to dedicate our entire life to the company. It is to solve a problem and then move on and go back to our life, right? It's not to solve a problem and then sit there for five more hours, hoping they're going to give you another problem to do and pretend to work, which according to the averages, people spend about four hours a day actually working at their desk and the other four hours sitting around waiting for things or not knowing what to do or pretending to work to keep up a facade. And I think that's kind of where this comes from for you because you know, practically people will say, well, how do you work two full-time jobs? That's 80 hours. That's insane, right? How do you do that and raise your family and go to the gym and all these things? But there's so much waste in the work that we're doing right now, in the way that we're working right now. I mean, there's arguments about, you know, cutting the work week down to three or four days, cutting the work day down to fewer hours. Um, with hybrid work, people are kind of working whenever they have the ability, you know, take a break, go get a sandwich, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so when it comes down to the practicality of being able to work two jobs, what is a, what's an example that you can share of something that you've done or someone in your community has done? Like, what does their day-to-day -day look like? 
Yeah, um, I could say um, based on you know our community data and, and myself. Um, yeah, I think you talked about earlier about you know your grandparents working two jobs. That's in the the in real life world, right? It's incredibly inefficient because you can't clone yourself. But in your virtual world, um, you're practically well. You can't clone yourself in terms of what you have to focus on, but you you, you could. You don't have to commute. Your commute is like within clicks and seconds. So that that's another efficiency right there. So um, for me, practically, um, you know, it, it goes up and down, right? Uh, just depends on what's deadlines and, and managing those expectations, uh, and then um, then the daily kind of you know checking emails and meetings to coordinate future and planning. A lot of planning. It's just you know I, I think we can't stop planning. Um, and that's what all the meetings is, or what the future hold, what's the next year. That, that's the human mind at work. It's just, it's just a constant takes the past and kind of project the future, you know, machine, uh, and, 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 and high, highly discriminate. Um, I'll say my practical thing is uh, I focus on kind of the four quadrant. Uh, I, I stole this from somebody, a podcast I heard, um, you know, health, wealth, uh, relationships, and then uh, purpose. You know, these four different quadrants of buckets that I basically split out my daily time in, in, in uh, achieving some part of it. And I, I would write, I have a five-year journal, and I, I love this thing because I, I look back at it. So it's kind of like a, you know, five-year plan, if you will. And, and I don't really have a plan. I just have, like, goals for, you know, a couple goals each year. Um, if I hit them, I'm making progress. So, you know, imagine five years, that's achieving 10 goals. That's great. And, and, and that's buying a page from companies, companies have really realistically any big companies really just achieve two big two to big you know two three big things each year and they can plan it because they'll plan it because the only thing because all your managers can justify their budget and all different little side project and they want to go overachieve and it's a system the the hustle culture is a system that's built by capitalism that evolved from capitalism um and, and evolved from industrial revolution uh that's pretty on hours and productivity and making more stuff and more stuff more efficiently. But I think we're, 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 you know, now that with the next, you know, kind of like the knowledge worker revolution, you can call it that, or the knowledge, you know, the IT revolution. Um, I think the, the practical side of it is, you know, I, I think from, from a coder perspective, you get moments of inspiration, right? To really dig into and make. And then you basically need like the other six hours to think. You're, you're, you're trying to solve a problem, you go for a run, uh, so you address your health part, uh, or eat, eat healthy, uh, and, and get your sleep. That's all, all health, that's foundational, because uh, if you, you don't have your brain, you can't, you can't earn, right? If your brain's not operating optimally, 100% up. Um, so I think that's one. And then second, uh, in terms of wealth part, you've got to keep your marketing skills sharp, right? That includes going into job search, applying to jobs, interview, half the people in the community interviewing all the time. Uh, and, and so rightly so, that's just the cost of business. You have to keep your options open. Uh, so that's another bucket of time that I think uh, people spend on. And then uh, in terms of like meeting conflicts and handling that, nice thing about having two jobs is you just pick one. It's no different than if you have one job and you have two meeting conflicts, you have to pick one. You can't do two. So if you say, can I get the meeting notes on that conflict? I need to go take care of some stuff, you know, personal stuff. I need to step out or, or, or yeah, I have some work I need to focus on right now. Um, or excuse me, you make, you know, uh, just to say no. And, and by the way, I'm super protective of my time because uh, I don't plan on doing my two jobs in more than eight hours or nine hours a day. And because the other times is allocated for, uh, well, guess what? Relationships and family. Uh, and then a sense of purpose that's even outside of work, right? Like running over employee gives me a great sense of purpose. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I actually very am keen on people's time requests. And I take a very critical eye to it. That is it okay? You know, are you like a, a non-essentialist? Are you going to waste? Are you wasting my time? Because you can't, you don't have your stuff together. Uh, or am I making my highest level of contribution by attending this meeting? Am I going to contribute to to a higher goal? Right, like you know, it could be your your own KPI, a shared KPI with them, etc. Um, I, I, I even behind that, I'm thinking like, okay, is this going to keep me in good graces for my job? Uh, that's one more paycheck to go, um, and then my achieving uh, my goal at, at that one job, uh, whatever that purpose that served. Right, I take a very 
a uh, clean, uh, keen look at it if I'm going to spend my time. And then I think lastly, um, the most practical part is, you know, the worst is, the worst is, you always have to have this mindset, I think. You just think that's going not right for that day. Just ask for that day off on both jobs. You know, laptop down, shut it off, go for a walk, go live your life. Uh, come back the next day, you'll be perfectly fine. Don't stress out about it. <laughs> that's why I just try to tell people, there's an out. It's not like you have to, suicide is not an out for you, okay? Close the laptop, step away from your desk, step away from your virtual world, put your, you know, uh, your Oculus goggles down. There's a whole real world. It's a beautiful world out there, especially here in California. Uh, you just go for a hike. Uh, life will be okay because you can always earn as long as you have your brain. I love that. And and that's kind of the, the point here is we're not trying to take advantage or your community is not trying to take advantage of companies. You're trying to meet the goals in an efficient way and then protect yourself and your business. And the same thing goes for what companies do, right? Companies are always looking to diversify their revenue streams. They're always looking to bring on the cheapest possible solution to solve a problem, right? They'll outsource it to an agency, they'll send it overseas. But for some reason, when an employee does it, everyone gets all up in arms as though that's like an insult to the company. Meanwhile, the company would happily outsource your job to another country if it would save them 10 cents, right? And it's so fascinating to look at that sort of mismatched, uneven relationship between the employee and the company, right? And then you're almost pushing back on that in, in a way. And I remember an article coming out probably 10 years ago, where some coder had outsourced his job to uh, India. And so he, he was working for this company. They would give him the assignment. He would send it to someone in India, pay them like, you know, a good salary for someone there, but not what he was getting paid. Right. And then he would just be the intermediary, which is basically what like 99% of consultants do. Right. And so the company found out and they made all these articles about it. And there was this huge press push to like shame this person for doing this. And I'm just sitting there going, but this is what companies do every day. I don't understand why like this guy is not allowed to do that while the company is allowed to outsource his job if they want to, right? And fire him if, if even if they made promises to the other extreme, right? And so this ability to just like take control of your work um, and I'm not saying everyone needs to outsource their job to India, right? I can't do that. That'd be a, a really strange thing for me to outsource my coaching to someone else. But there is so much um, in this like knowledge worker revolution that you're talking about. There, there is no reason why um, this culture of like you have to do everything yourself needs to be the norm. And honestly, one of the biggest skills that people need to develop in their work is delegation. Even if you're not a manager, you need to learn how to not take on every single thing that someone asks you to do. That's the ability to say no is so important. That's There's a million articles about that. So it almost seems like part of what you're doing is teaching people how to say know and how to respect boundaries and how to protect their time and how to protect their money and protect their lives and their careers in the long term and and really just sort of figure out like let's say you don't even let's say you work one and a half jobs you work one real job and like one kind of smaller job to just make a little extra cash companies will um discourage that even if it doesn't affect anything even if it's after hours like i always remember in my first job i think there was even a clause in the contract that says like you're not allowed to work anywhere else while you're working here and it's like i thought you're only paying me for the hours that i'm at the office what what is this clause this seems kind of strange right and 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 they will throw in things like we own anything that you create outside of work or anything you create anytime inside work or outside work and i always have to get that taken out of my contracts when I'm a contractor, because I'm like, I have my own business. You can't own what I do on my own time. You can only own what you pay me the hours for. So it is such an interesting like relationship, like difficult dynamic between companies and employees and, and the and the sort of new relationship that is being created in this odd world that we live in of remote hybrid meta work. And so um, I'm just kind of curious, as you think about 
as you think about where this is all going, and I, I do love that you kind of brought up the future of work here. Um, what are, what do you sort of see the average, um, you know, job looking like in the future? Is it going to be some sort of hybrid model because companies can't like sustain a single employee, or is it going to be, you know, kind of life as usual with this sort of fringe world of, of, you know, overemployment. What what are you sort of envisioning the future to look like? We interrupt today's episode to let you know about Career Therapy's Unstuck Coaching Program. If you're feeling paralyzed by job search procrastination and unsure of what to do next in your career, we're here to help. Each month as a member, you will get access to two one-on-one coaching calls, unlimited virtual chat with your coach via Slack, invitations to bi-weekly group coaching sessions, and lifetime access to our eight-part job search curriculum. Want to take your search to the next level? Head over to careertherapy.com and schedule a free 15-minute consultation to chat with me today and see if coaching is right for you. Now, back to our show. Yeah, I, I, I really think that the future is going to fully... Um... It's going to be more contract-based work. I'm already seeing it. I think uh, in this new year and all the job posting that I started to see, oh, wow, okay, they want contractors. I'm cool with that. Um, so you get more of that shift from, you know, full-time employed, you know, under the law of, like, employment law to, to B2B, right, basically contracting. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think that's where it's going. Uh, I would suspect then... Everyone's going, I mean, I'm only looking for job that's fully remote. We, you and I know that as employees, no one wants to be in the office unless you happen to be the person that likes working in the office and need to have meetings. If the meetings is your job, then you want to be in the, the office and be a real person. If the meeting is not your whole sole part of your job, you want, don't want any part of the office whatsoever. And you want to be at your home so you can focus and write or write code, write words, um, you know, in, in, help your clients, right, in their career choices and conversation. You want to be in the comfort of your own office. Um, so I think that's where the future work uh, is, is going to. Um, and, 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 and maybe even more technology will enable more collaboration through the metaverse and in virtual workspaces, right, in our avatars or in our real person, I don't know, deep fake, whatever we want. I mean, it really is. The self-fulfilling prophecy to humanity. Uh, that's an interesting part of, I, I, I think I want to touch on. How we end up where we're at is we let ourselves end up where we're at. There's nothing that says we have to work 40 hours a week. That was an arbitrary decision by Henry Ford to have his workers' time so that they have some time to go buy their own cars and enjoy it, right? Um, and before then, the Industrial Revolution was child labor. Those people working to death. They literally just work all the time because uh, that's business logic. Oh, your body. I mean, you used to farm all the time, right? You can work in the manufacturing plant all the time. Then, um, so it, it's a self fulfilling thing of what humanity wants to make you know our life to be. We're so productive. There's so many things. They're so wealthy that I think um, we don't really have to work that much to enjoy our life as is. To be honest, um, and now from a tech worker's perspective, and that, that was all tech related. Um, I think uh, what you're touching on earlier is there's the legal piece, and then there's the the moral piece, right? That example that you made, was it legally wrong? Like illegal? Yes, it was. Because he didn't upfront getting that agreement. Like, hey, can I outsource it? Or I'm allowed to outsource whatever it is, right? In your legal contract. Um, and some, some of them say you cannot outsource anything. You, you know, you must be the prime contractor, only contractor working on this. Most of the time, employers just want to monopolize your time. That's your job. They will push a contract on you to monopolize your time. Now, the old employee uh, approaches, you know, because, you know, a lot of people are still in the, I'm the, I'm the signal taker, if you will. And, you know, I, I, in this mindset, right, I cannot change that contract. I must accept it. You know, it's a click through. Okay, fine. I will click through it, but I don't think this is enforceable. And the risk is super low in a virtual remote world where how are you going to uh, determine what is the duty hours or office hours? And, and honestly, tech companies run, you know, 365, uh, 24, seven days a week right now. It's global. So you really want to work the whole time you can. Just back to that whole manufacturing uh, uh, comparison, right? It's a global company. You have people in India, you have people in, 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 you know, Asia, Europe, operating all the time, right? Who's setting what hours? 
right? It's just, uh, it just all depends on, on the norms of your manager and your group that you're working in. I mean, I'm just reading the contract, right? This is the legal piece, of course, right? You want to do things legally. That's one thing that old employee does not advocate on doing anything illegal. So working two jobs, as we clear, is, is, is as legal as it gets. Uh, uh, There's the fundamental rights of a free market. Uh, now, what companies do is they have an army of lawyers is construct contract that sometimes is out of bounds, even legally in local jurisdiction. They'll push it everywhere. They don't know, you know, and even startups and some of the contracts. Um, and, and so they might be pushing something that is even illegal on you that you don't even know as you're reading it that doesn't apply to you. So again, so consult lawyer, that's the legal part. I'm not, I'm not an expert, but at least the model lawyer I've talked to, that's, you know, that's it. And, and, and you, of course, talk to the lawyers to push back some red lines of contracts, send it back, just like business, right? Business to business and then negotiate. But lawyers get in the room, it's adversarial. And it's back and forth, red line and this and crosses out and that, right? No different. The, it's just people down the other side as an employee haven't, haven't quite figured that out, that they can push back on it uh, if you have the power. Um, and that's the moral piece. And I think you touch on it. Like morally, it just didn't feel right, right? Like if companies can do it, if business can do it, why can't individual employees then should just really, I, I call it family inc. It's just a family corporation. You know, it's a, it's a small little shop, you know, mom and pop shop. You should get the same rights. Uh, and, and stop labeling this employer-employee kind of duty. The law is a little antiquated and late and it's catching up. I would say it's catching up. And, and eventually we'll get a case like class, you know, action kind of case out there that says the president, uh, what's to come, you know, in terms of the news. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think I like the idea of removing the, the term employee. I think that that disempowers people. It makes them feel like they don't have any control. They don't have any say. I always say, start your own personal freelance brand, whatever it is that you do. Obviously it doesn't work for every industry, but like, it's better to go from employed to self-employed than it is to go from employed to unemployed if you lose a job, right? And so, you know, some of the worst case scenarios in being overemployed is that you just lose one of those jobs, but then you kind of go just full-time into the other job. That's one of the best parts. And so um, as we wrap up here, I just want to kind of end on this idea of like, treat companies the way that they treat you. This is a mantra that I'm trying to get out there to more people is like, Companies lie to you when they hire you. They say, great opportunity, huge growth, big company, big name, tons of opportunity. They don't tell you the last person we put like five people's jobs on them and they quit because they burnt out. So we need to be as honest with companies as they are with us. And I really appreciate the work you're doing to get a different perspective out there. Maybe not everyone will be overemployed, but it at least is pushing the extreme so that people can start thinking about their career in a more empowered way. Are there any final thoughts you want to share before uh, we wrap up today? Hey, sorry, Martin. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, I, I really want this close um, by, by saying, hey, everyone can be overemployed. Really, it's a choice. It's a mental choice. It's a mental mindset shift about how you view the world. And I, I would end with the, the last warning is the world that, you know, you were in or you thought you were in before is rapidly crumbling. And, and you, should, you should be, um, you, you thought it was safe. You should actually be fearful and, um, and really start treating yourself like a business. And you should really look at your income and say, how much human income do I have? So that I have more financial resilience for the 21st century than to be financially vulnerable. Um, you know, more than financial independence, I know part of the shtick of employers, hey, you work two jobs, and you get to financial independence even faster. The math really gets crazy if you get three jobs, um, how fast you can be financially independent. But really, it's just all about financial resiliency because um, there's no such thing as work and then stop work and retire because that would be like zero cash flow. Uh, you depend on other people for your cash flows then. So there, there's, there's hard burn work and then slow burn work and mix it in between there. You can take a mini retirement, take a break. Uh, I, I would call it, you know, kind of financial resiliency to your whole whole life, to be honest, up to your 80s. You know, where you, even I, I just think um, if you find a work that's fun for you to do virtually, um, you know, you create some kind of a community or IP, um, people should do that. You were in the craftsman. We're back to, we're going back in time. We're going, you know, in the 21st century, we're going back to the knowledge worker craftsman world now. 
And if you're not there yet, you can start working your way there uh, to create your financial resiliency. So that's how I want to end that, you know, uh, don't be a cog in a company where you're completely replaceable, be a linchpin, make you make yourself a linchpin in the world. And, and, and what's your highest contribution to the world? Figure that out. And I think you do, once you do that, um, you know, you always be taken care of uh, in the 21st century. I love it. So all you digital craftsmen out there or people aspiring to be a digital craftsman, go check out Overemployed. Isaac, thank you so much for joining us again. And uh, I can't wait for this episode to drop. Um, anything else, anywhere else Pete, you want people to follow you? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're on Reddit uh, and as well as, of course, um, uh, we lead you to the website uh, and then we have a Discord community, a uh, very happening community there, a lot of interesting conversation uh, there. And then, you know, you will want to join our, our membership uh, on our Overemployed Guild, which has 308 today uh, and, and growing. Uh, we'd love to have you uh, where you really get smart and, and really, you know, we call it 10x your income uh, by really, you know, I mean, how do you become a faster swimmer? A swimmer with faster swimmers. And these are really fast, 300 really fast swimmers here uh, that, that really uh, are multi six figure, even uh, million dollar income uh, families. So uh, come join us and, um, and you know, live in the overemployed life. <laughs> Thanks so much, Isaac. Have a good day and uh, we will chat soon. All right. Thanks, Martin. Take it easy. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode today. I really appreciate your support of what we're building here at Career Therapy as we continue to try and explore the hidden side of modern work and tell some of the stories that maybe don't get enough light shed on them. If you enjoyed what you listened to today, I hope you will leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, subscribe to this wherever you're listening or watching on YouTube, Spotify, etc. And uh, share this with some friends who you know are going through similar experiences and looking to build their career and, and gain some insights along the way. Again, thank you so much for stopping by and I wish you the best. I'll see you on the next episode.